Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Christina Pittam, a creator and entrepreneur. And I'm Danielle Alexandra, a stylist and content creator. And we are In, In Case, Case You, you Haven't Heard podcast. podcast. We're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down. So you know exactly what the fuck is going on. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of In Case You Haven't Heard. It is Wednesday, and you know what that means, a new episode. What's up, KP? Nice to see ya via Zoom. We are still doing our Zoom podcast. And we're fucking killing it, so no complaints, right, killing guys? Killing it. <laughs> hope you guys are okay with the audio, and I hope it turned out okay, because let me tell you, this interview had a few hiccups Wi-Fi wise, audio wise, we're just trying to get it right for you. Honestly, I feel like audio for podcasts is the most complicated, hardest thing to get right. Well, and most important thing to get right. Especially when we're doing it virtually, because the reason the Wi-Fi was off is my fault, guys. I'll take the blame. I moved into a new flat and we don't have like broadband internet right now or Wi-Fi. We only have Wi-Fi with this router that is like not fast enough for more than one device. Um, which I probably should have, you know, realized five months ago, <laughs> but it's okay. We're going to get a good, solid internet connection, but it's not getting installed until next week. So this week's episode struggled a bit, but it's all part of the authentic process, right? We got it going for you, though. It was just a little bit of a struggle getting there, but we got it. So we'll always it's get the there process. for you guys. Always. <laughs> the end result, it's the process and the end result will always work itself out. Today we are interviewing Rachel DaCosta from Self Love Supply and Christine and I, KP and I, have wanted to dive into the self-love space, mental health space for a while now. So this is kind of like a toe into the pond. Rachel is an amazing content creator. She has her own platform as well as Self Love Supply. Yeah. And what's really interesting about her process is that, or about her story, I should say, is that she started her brand. Well, what's now her brand page as her first Instagram page, and then kind of created a personal social media account afterwards. So her story is great. She started the account five years ago. So we kind of touch on how she got started, why she got started, um, her personal self-love journey and mental health journey and then getting into how she's turned this into a business over the crucial time but clearly optimal time of the pandemic. So let's get into this week's episode. We'll let Rachel take it away from here. Okay, so we have Rachel DaCosta here from Self Love Supply and also Rach DaCosta, right? That's your <laughs> Rach. Rach. DaCosta. DaCosta. Yeah. DaCosta. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. And Thanks why for don't having you having me? Oh yeah, of course. Over over Zoom. 
So we had yes. a few struggles. <laughs> we had a few struggles this morning. Sorry, guys. Normal technology <laughs> coming struggles. from yeah, from the UK side of this call. There's a low internet connection. So, but we've made it. We're good. We're here. We're loving life. And why don't you introduce yourself, Rachel? Okay. Well, yes, my name is Rachel. So you can find me on Instagram. My personal account is rach.dacosta. And as Danielle said, I also run self-love supply. So basically self-love supply started when I was just having a not so fun time in undergrad, which I think a lot of us maybe experienced. And honestly, it was sort of that period where talking about mental health maybe it was a little bit trendy on the internet I don't know if you guys remember that like five years ago but it was sort of the explosion of it I guess and I just thought you know this is what I want to do I'm now studying psychology like this makes sense so I actually it was my personal account for quite a while and that's sort of how I first grew on Instagram I was in Nova Scotia at the time and it was just like a fun thing to do, to be honest, while I was in undergrad, met some cool people. And then when I came back home to Toronto, I realized, you know, I should probably split these accounts. So I started my personal one. And then I really focused on sort of growing self-love supply. And I've been working on it for close to four years now. And it was really just this year that it really grew. So it's been a fun journey for sure. It's interesting that you um, had it first as your personal, but then decided to give up the following for the brand versus for your personal account. Maybe you can touch on that because I feel like it's normally the other way around. Yeah. I had a lot of struggles there because you selfishly want the followers for yourself, obviously. But, you know, I did realize like uh, they followed me because I was talking about mental health and I didn't want to talk about it all the time on my personal account, because honestly it does become very heavy and exhausting to talk about a lot. So splitting it for me was sort of the way to handle it for my own mental health, I guess. And it also made more sense in terms of the audience and engagement because those people wanted to follow the mental health account. And I wasn't going to be posting about that all the time on my personal one. So yeah, it made sense for me at the time. What's the most engaging content or what does your audience love seeing the most from you? That's a really good question. It's honestly evolved, I think, over the years. Back in the day, I really think it was like the quotes. And now I'm trying to branch out as the following has grown. I've been really trying to talk more about real mental health information. And I always hope that it's going to do really well. But to be honest with you, I think that the things that are more like light and fluffy and just kind of make you feel good as you're scrolling past, that's the content that does the best. Yeah. yeah because if it's too like information dense, I feel like people, I mean, A, they won't take the time to read it because it is social media. So they want that instant totally. sort of, you know, gratification in, in what they're um, sort of taking in. But also it is just a heavy topic in general. So you said five years ago you started. So that yeah. would be 2015. Yeah, I think it was it was 2016 actually, so 4 years ago. Yeah. So did you did you have a personal journey that you were going through that kind of got everything started that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, for sure. Without going, you know, into too much detail, I started out at one university. I was studying one thing and I just like had a terrible time to be honest with you. And I think a lot of people around me were having a great time and so I was super it really launched me into like my mental health issues, I guess, because I think I was away from home. I didn't really 
have people to sort of open up to in that way, like I maybe had at home. And so I didn't really, I just felt lost and confused, I guess. And so switching my academic study and like going to a different university and kind of starting fresh was what really helped me. And so that was the time when I was feeling a little bit more inspired as opposed to just down. That was when I could really like start focusing on the account and and wanting to post about it because it is, as I said, it's exhausting. And when you're struggling, you, I think, you know, we all have those days when you just don't feel good. You don't really want to be on social media necessarily, right? Or engaging with people because it is, it takes a lot of effort. It sounds like you started it as an outlet for yourself to get things out. Did you have a specific idea of where it was going or what it could be? Or literally did you start it as, like I just mentioned, an outlet, something that you could just connect with people and feel heard because you kind of weren't feeling that at the time? It definitely, yeah, no, for sure. It definitely started as an outlet, but it's been so many things actually over the past few years. I don't know if you guys, I mean, you probably don't because I don't think you followed it back in the day, but we, I started actually as wanting it to be like a little online store way back in the beginning. That was my goal. It was, it was to be sort of like a self-care product store where I would stock products from um, what I wanted to do was focus on Canadian female small producers. So this was my whole thing at the beginning and um, like beyond the Instagram page, I mean, And it did not happen. It just did not work out the way that I thought it would. And I think that was a huge life lesson for me because that was, it actually caused me a lot of distress, I guess, at the time thinking, you know, this is what I want to do and then struggling so hard with it. But every sort of journey, I guess, along the way and every different thing that self-love supply has sort of been over the past few years has sort of grown it to where it is now. So, you know, I'm very thankful for all the little adventures I've been on. It's so interesting how you hear these stories time and time again, and so many entrepreneurs, people who start brands, accounts, companies, you have to pivot and you might think, Mm. you know, this is what I want to do. And then it might not work or it might not even transpire. And you find that it wasn't necessarily the road that was the best road to take. Totally. And I think it's one of those things that we put so much pressure on ourselves of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Like it's going to work. I'm going to put everything into it. And then you kind of feel horrible when it doesn't. So I think we all have to remind ourselves that like, really like the only way to learn is to make mistakes. I know that is so cheesy, but it's kind of the truth. And you kind of just have to do it in practice to see how it's going to work out. And it's okay if it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that, again, when you, the pressure that we put in ourselves, I think mostly comes from thinking like, okay, so I'm going to come up with this idea. This is my venture. This is step A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like this is what the final you know product is supposed to be. And then when you shift away from that, like, you know, even incrementally, you're just like, fuck, it's done. I'm screwed. I, totally. I'm not going to be successful. Like there's no way it's going to work. Whereas like it really is, you're supposed to navigate the way that things will naturally flow because ultimately that's kind of gonna, that's gonna get you to the end result, probably in a better way, even if there is more mistakes involved, but there's also probably different people that you're going to meet, you know, different experiences Mm -hmm. that you're going to have that'll, that'll Mm -hmm. just make the end goal or the end result a lot more uh, fulfilling and hopefully very successful as well. For sure. 
that's a really good point. And I think that we also like forget that other people, like the public, I guess, don't see or don't know what our initial idea was. So we have all this pressure on ourselves to be like, oh, I have to do what I originally wanted, but nobody knows what you originally wanted to do, right? They just see the end product. So that's all on you, I guess, to just kind of be like, I can, I can do it. You just give yourself that room to kind of go through it, I guess. And with each shift or let's say mistake, you hold so much weight and it has, you think it's like the end all, it's like the most important decision. Like this is the most crucial part of building my successful business when really it's just a piece of the end result. So let's not put so much weight on every single decision that you make because it is at the end of the day, just one step closer to the end result. And if you shift a little bit here and there, the end result is still going to be what's going to make you successful, not those little little decisions or hiccups or whatever. Yeah, like don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And I know it's like, even in life, you think, oh, this, this specific thing whatever it may be, is the most important thing for you at that moment. And it's hard to mentally not put that weight on that decision. But at the end of the day, it's when you look one year, two years down the road, it's not going to be even, you probably won't even remember what that was or what that decision was. For sure. I think that's like a really good way of explaining it. Cause like, I mean, you look back at your childhood even, or things five years ago, not when you were a kid, And they bother you so much at the time. And then you look back and you're like, okay, that was literally nothing. I'm so fine. So I think, yeah, it's really, it's hard to remove yourself when you're in the situation and look at it objectively. But that's something that you kind of have to practice doing and just, just try your best to do because yeah, when just remove the emotions from it, I guess. Do you have any tools that you use to, um, to kind of get yourself to that place. Like, I know we all have our own personal tools that we use to, you know, remove ourselves or to take a step back or to learn how to breathe when you're in a stressful situation. So is there anything that you, you know, is your tried and true for that sort of thing? For sure. I'll say two different things. First of all, I mean, mindfulness is a great tool. I know that's such a sort of hot topic word and it means, I think it's lost its meaning a little bit to like the average person, but there are, you know, mindfulness really just means being aware of what you're feeling and sensing and and what's going on in that moment and being able to let it go. Like you don't have to feel like, you know, I have to analyze this right now. I have to be here and I have to keep, keep thinking about it. You, you are able to like, let it go. And I think that that's a really, it's so, it's so much easier said than done, but it just kind of comes with practice And there are amazing, you know, breathing exercises you can do literally just kind of Google mindfulness breathing exercises and so many come up and they're great to kind of stick into your day. So that's one thing. And the other thing, a little bit more on the psychology side, I'm not sure if you know what CBT is. It's cognitive behavioral therapy and it's a type of therapy that certain therapists and counselors and psychologists practice with. And there is this tool within CBT called the four factor model. And it sounds a lot scarier than it is. I actually recently posted it on self-love supply. Really all you're doing is when you feel like you've been triggered by something, or you're feeling like you're having a negative reaction of some sort, take a deep breath and try to unpack what you're going through. What you're going to do is separate it into four categories, your thoughts, your feelings, 
So you're like actual emotions and you have to really separate those two, which a lot of people struggle with your physical reactions. So like, you know, am I sweating? Am I panicked inside and your behaviors? Like, what am I going to do now? And I know, you know, that's only half the battle, but for a lot of people being able to realize what each of those four things are separately, that awareness can easily take you on to the next step of dealing with whatever it is. So I think awareness is a really big part of it. I love that. I think that I'm going to definitely use that method because I, it's really hard to, when you're reacting to something or feeling an emotion or going through something that at that time feels like it's so impactful for you to just sit in that and like experience it. Cause for me, I just kind of want to like push it aside and get on with my, my day kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I, I, not think a good solution, Danielle. Not a good solution. <laughs> yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, we don't have time to do this right. right now. Like, let's just move on. But I think if you really unpack all of those things that you said, your thoughts, your feelings, how you're experiencing it, it will eventually over time be very beneficial for not only your mental health, but also like physically how you're like, if you have anxiety or if you, you feel like that constant need to go or to feel Mm -hmm. like you're moving, being in peace is definitely can be uncomfortable to some people. Yeah, no, sitting in your uncomfortable emotions is actually something that I'm learning a lot about right now. I'm in a mindfulness class outside of school because I am in my master's program right now for counseling psychology. Not sure if I mentioned that yet. So I'm doing this like mindfulness class so that I can eventually teach those things and incorporate it into my therapy with people. And so sitting with your emotions, no matter what they are, is such a huge part of mindfulness. And it's just like, it is so uncomfortable, as you mentioned, and it's something that people don't want to do. And it's so easy to just go, eh, I'll deal with it later. Like, I don't need to, to sit and like deal with it now. But what you, I think what we don't realize is like, you can deal with it quickly. Like you're allowed to like stop for a minute, think about it and let it go. Like it doesn't have to keep, you don't have to keep letting it like ruminate and staying in your brain, right? You can let it go. And I think that by doing that little, you know, going through the four factor model, or just honestly thinking about it on your own, if you don't want to do it in a structured way, it sort of allows you to let it go as opposed to like keeping it in the back of your mind and letting it pile up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can take like a little time out. You can take like a five second break or like a one minute break to step away. I think we just think as adults that you're not allowed to do that because you're supposed to know how to deal with things I guess, internally when you're in a situation, which really makes absolutely no sense because you know what I mean? Like if you don't talk about it then and there or figure it out for yourself then and there, then of course you're going to be reactive. Totally. Think about it. Like if you're in a relationship with someone or even a friendship and the other person does something that bothers you, like, are you going to say it then? Or are you going to wait until like three days later when they're not doing anything wrong to talk about it? You know what I mean? Like it's so much easier to just get it out in the open as it's happening so that you can actually deal with it instead of like letting it 
make you feel worse at the end of the day. Stepping back to the account and sort of mm-hmm. how you made it grow. I'm I'm curious, was there a tipping point or a time? Because you said that this year was when you saw the growth really happen. Was yeah. there something that triggered or domino affected that growth that you can Yes. I think it was COVID actually, which is sad, but you know, I think people wanted something that was like more positive because life has been shitty, obviously. So I was actually at like, was I at, I was at like 15,000 at the beginning of the year and 20,000 happened. Yeah. And you just, you're at 100K now, right? You just hit 100K. It happened on October 3rd. Thank you. So now I'm never going to forget because it's like Mean Girls Day. So I'm just going to remember forever. (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm, it's, super exciting. And yeah, I was just at 20,000 in, when did it happen? I want to say May. So I think 20,000 was like the tipping point up until then it was quite steady, slow growth. I think we all know that being uh, (laughs) influencers. And yeah, once I hit 20,000, it really like started happening. Was there a specific content that you started to produce at that time? Or was it the same content? It was just because of the times people wanted to consume the content more? Yeah, I think it was a combination of a few things. So obviously I think people were more receptive to that content at the time. But when I got to around 20,000, that was when I started, because all I had really been doing up until then was reposting other people's stuff. And so I was like, okay, I I have 20,000 followers now. I should make my own content. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) You know? So that's when I really started making my own content. There's a few things that we do try to do weekly. They don't happen every week, but we have a self-care Sunday check-in where that's a little bit more mental health based where we maybe give like a tip. That's like an actionable thing that people can do. Then Mondays we have our Monday mantras and people have been loving those. I think when I started posting that and posting my own content that has self-love supply on the content, you know what I mean? On the image, that was when the growth really started happening. Give us one actionable tip that you give your audience on a Monday, please. Or Sunday, was it? On Sunday, Sunday. sure. Um, okay, well, what did I, I just actually did the four-factor model literally two days ago. So that was a really good one. Another tip, I did I, I did a breathing exercise one um, recently. So maybe that's a good thing for the podcast. There's so many breathing exercises you can do. But something that I've learned in my mindfulness group, which I really love, is to do a body scan. So what you're supposed to do is do a full, like the real true way of doing it is like a 40 minute thing. And if you have the time and the capability, I would highly recommend trying, but it's very difficult. I, as someone who has focus issues, it's not an easy thing to do. So what I recommend is a three minute body scan. So what you're gonna do is just close your eyes, get in a really comfortable position, and you're gonna start from your head and move all the way down your body. You're going to think about, you know, what can I feel? What can I smell? What can I sense? What can I touch? And just kind of take yourself through all of your senses and just give yourself that time. And it's like, it's kind of magical, actually. It like resets you for the day. So I would recommend trying that. Also like you, it's hard for me to sit still and meditate for a 10 minute period, but I like when there's some music in the background and just like some peace in the morning here and there. I don't do it as regularly as I used to, but that's definitely something that I want to 
kind of reintroduced to my morning routine. Yeah, I think that's so important. I'm not good at having it like in my routine right now, to be honest with you. I think I kind of go to it when I'm stressed. So I think when you are able to incorporate it into your life, do it, you know, so many influencers have their morning routines. And I think a lot of the time they just are super unattainable for regular people. (laughs) Um, Literally me. My routine is so over the top, but like I do it for the most part. But I would love to hear it. What is your routine? (laughs) So my morning routine on the perfect day would be waking up. When I wake up, I'll have like hot water with lemon and then I'll pull out my five minute journal do that, which takes two seconds, not two seconds, maybe five minutes. And then I'll read a page of The Daily Stoic, which is a book by Ryan Holiday that um, gives you sort of like a daily quote with an explanation on just thing on what to reflect on. And it's all based in stoicism. And then if I have time, I would write in my regular journal. So I would do some sort of exercise, whether it was like structured or not, or just free write, just to really get things out. I think like it's a good to kind of write down how you're feeling about things that are going on in your life. If you're just going to free write, even experiences that you've had. Oh my God, I had so much fun when I was hanging out with my friend Ali yesterday. And like, then this guy came up to us and he was really nice. Like even shit like that, like it doesn't really matter, you know, like I think just writing without having something specific to write about. It's just a good exercise. And then after that, I'll do some sort of movement. So workout or Melissa would help. <laughs> I'm a basic bitch over here. <laughs> and then after that, I'll have my coffee and then kind of get started. Oh, and I'll listen to a podcast. So I usually like to go with something that is either inspirational or informational that can really help me get my day started. And I'll listen to that, you know, either on my walk or on my bus to the gym or whatnot. So yeah. And then I'll be ready to kind of get or dive into, to the work that I have for the day. That's a great morning routine in my dreams. Like to elaborate. (laughs) No, it's like, I mean, I think if you, if you can and you want to, and it like works for you, that's amazing. I just like, For me, it's the doing it every single day that I have a problem with. Like I will do it for like a week and then I'll like fall off my routine. You know what I mean? So for my personal, I don't know, I guess for like the way to make it work for me the best, I would have to just like minimize it, you know, so that I can like Mm -hmm. make sure I actually do it it every time. Yeah, exactly. It's important to note too that well, just because you fall off of it one day doesn't necessarily mean that the routine is over. You know what I totally. mean? Like I have a morning routine, but this morning I woke up, I made coffee and I sat on the couch and watched TikTok. Like that's not a morning routine, but I do have a morning routine. It's just like, just because today I didn't do it doesn't mean that tomorrow I can't. And I think that in our minds mentally, we're like, oh, one day we didn't do it. Well, tomorrow I don't need to do it kind of either. But at the same time, that's when the rollover effect happens and you no longer have a routine and you wake up, you roll out of bed, you feel groggy. And then, you know, you don't. That's such a good point. I feel like I'm missing it one day. Missing it one day is like whatever. But then when you miss it two or three days, it's like, well, now I'm out of it. And it becomes really hard. Yeah. Oh, good. I miss mine every weekend. (laughs) Because I'm uh, I'm hungover, so my routine only applies Monday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> <So bad. laughs> 
Yeah, it's but important to know and, that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay, like, <laughs> just don't even compare yourself to people because, like, whatever works for you works for you. And you're just trying to live your best life. Like, forget what other people's best lives are. You know what I mean? Do your own routine. So let's talk about kind of what you're doing now. I saw that you yeah. launched a course, which is called the 14-Day Self-Love and Gratitude Reset. So tell us about that. Yeah. So we, I actually partnered with one of my friends named Taylor Efford, who has her background in like integrative nutrition. So she knows a lot about like holistic nutrition and that kind of wellness. So it was really interesting to bring our perspectives together because I could speak to the mental health side and she can speak to the physical health side. So we decided, you know, like, what can we do? We want to provide something educational to people. And we decided to launch like an ebook series. So that was actually our very first one. We donated all the proceeds that we've made so far to a charity, which is amazing. It's called the Black Youth Helpline based here in Canada. And it's been really fun. I wanted to do something that was a little bit more than just giving people a positive little quote on the page, of course, especially since this is my education and I'm you know, going to be a therapist pretty soon. So I want to be able to provide that to people. And this was a great way to do it. So yeah, that was that was the first of many. We actually have a couple more that we're working on right now. So stay tuned. I know you mentioned that you donated all of the proceeds mm-hmm. to a charity, but is this a way for you to kind of dip your toe in the monetization realm of things? Because really self-love supply at the beginning was an inspo account, something that mm-hmm. you used for yourself, an outlet. And now now that you have a following, I would assume that you're thinking more about, okay, how do I now transition this into a brand and a business? Um, What are some challenges that you see coming? I've been thinking about how to sort of become monetized on self-love supply for a little while. And it's a big struggle because I don't want to do it in a way that is shitty. You know what I mean? And I, I think the reason that people follow the account is because I haven't been selling them stuff up until this point. So I want to make sure that if I am selling people anything, it's for a reason and because it really does align. And I know, you know, we all talk about that as influencers, like, is this authentic for me? But this is like a new extreme of that, I think, because I really want to keep it in this very specific space. You know what I mean? Because I don't want anybody... I don't want the audience to feel like I don't care about what they want and the reason that they're following. So that's probably my biggest struggle and just sort of figuring out the direction I want to take. And that's why, that's why we sort of, as you said, dipped our toes into the ebook space and the like education space, because I just felt like that is a lot more meaningful and impactful. And I want to be able to provide, you know, actionable information to people at, an accessible cost. And I think especially with COVID, with everything going on, this is, you know, people aren't necessarily taking care of themselves as much. And this is a really great way to incorporate small things into your daily life. So that was why we took that path. But yeah, as you said, it's a big thought process. And the growth also happened so quickly, to be honest with you, that I didn't really get a chance to like, think about it too much and catch up because now it's like, okay, now I have a hundred thousand followers. What am I going to do? I very much am in that thought process. Right now. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a challenge to bring some, an inspo account, you know, into like a business account. So 
I mean, there's obviously so many avenues that you can go and, and the more now that you kind of sit down and like take the time to like write out ideas and stuff like that, the more that things will pop up. And like, I mean, you're already starting with, yeah, you're starting with this course that you're launching, which you're donating the money of, which is great, but you, you also did a collaboration within that. So thinking of ways that you can maybe work with others to even spread the word a bit more or finding a way to monetize through a collaboration might be something unique that you guys could do down the line. So that's actually, yeah, that collaborations is, you know, everything that I do have coming currently down the line are are like due to collaborations. And I think that that's something I want to be able to use my account for is to promote other people's businesses because I have the audience now and like, I want to be able to help other people, other, you know, especially I'm not, not to exclude anyone, but especially females, small businesses, people of color. It's important to me to be able to do that. And everything that I kind of have coming down the line, like hopefully is going to reflect that and and people will be able to see that. So that's really important to me. It's important to keep that momentum going. Right. And, Mm, but it's also mm -hmm. challenging because it's something that you really didn't think about before because you're very in the moment as you were growing the account. And now you're like, okay, now what? Now I have to make it something bigger and keep that momentum going. Maybe it is reverting back to your roots and maybe it is making it into a little marketplace online. Mm Because well, there's so, so many things that yeah. you can do. There's so many wellness products, self-love products, courses, mm-hmm. merch. <laughs> merch is merch. something actually, yeah, merch I'm is it's actually in the works. Oh yeah. Good friends is gonna design it for me and I'm super excited. Uh but I, yeah, exactly. As you said, it's just like it I didn't have the chance to like have a plan. You know what I mean? Like it, it did come so quickly that, and I'm so thankful for it. And no way am I like complaining here, but I didn't have the opportunity to sit back and make a plan for what I'm going to be doing. So it is super on the fly. And I am lucky enough to have a special little community. You know, the people who have been following since I was at 5,000 followers are still there. And I think that that's so cool. And I can, reach out to them and I can see, you know, I, I always, always ask on my stories, like, what do people want to see? You know, Amazing. I, I that was going to be so my one important. tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so important. And I think my fear, like we all have this fear. People say, do you have merch? I want merch, but are you going to actually buy it in the end? Right? Like this is a valid fear, no matter how many followers you have. Like, I think, wasn't there some story like six months ago or some like influencer who had hundreds of thousands of followers could only sell like three t-shirts to a collab she did. Yeah. So I think, who was that? Yeah, <laughs> I genuinely can't remember who it was, but yeah, it's a fear. I think for everyone, yeah. you never know. Yeah. Cause people always say, Oh yeah, I'm down. And they always commit to something, but like, well, the idea of something I mm-hmm. should say, but then when it comes down to, you know, you're going to buy this, right? Like, can you pay for this? <laughs> they don't or they'll back out or they'll make an excuse or they'll ghost you. So it really is hard. And that just goes into, that just goes into anything really in the fashion space. And I think that's why the pre-order model has been so Mm -hmm. popular these days. I mean, it's not only more sustainable because you're not making things that you're not going to sell, but you're also saving money on things that you might not sell (laughs) down the line. No, exactly. Yeah. I think you obviously have such good insights there. So 
what are your tips <laughs> when you're going into yeah. the fashion space? Just again, getting as much information from people as you can would be the number one. A good way to do that. I don't know. You do you have a website? You do have a website. We do. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely get a newsletter out if you don't have that mm-hmm. yet. That Collecting is something I'm is, thinking about. Yeah. It'd be very easy. You repurpose your content. You could have a weekly newsletter with your Monday mantra on it, you know, oh, with, yes. or like a special quote or like, like a story. You could get people to write in their experiences and feature those in your weekly newsletters and get the community kind of to circle back because it's always about how everything can come like back around. So you're putting out this stuff, people are receiving it, but then how do you make them feel like they're part of it again? Yeah. Oh, it's by feeding their personal information or their stories back to the rest of the community. And they're like, wow, that really made a difference. And I can't believe she featured me, you know, because to a follower of an account that has over a hundred thousand followers, it means a lot. It's like when you get reposted, right? By your favorite influencer. You're like, I think that's a really good idea. (laughs) I think that was one of the ways that I was able to grow actually, because when I was growing, I haven't done it as much recently because we do just get tagged in a lot of random stuff now and it's harder to kind of pick through it. But back when it was people tagging us because they really wanted us to see it, I was resharing so much in my stories. And I think people were so feeling so connected that way. And that is something that I, I do want to like revisit because yeah, it is so special to like feel connected to an account that way. Mm-hmm. Another idea would be going the website route and making it more into a forum type blog concept and then you can get also advertisers to come in and you can keep your Instagram connected to your website but using your website to also monetize so you're not just dependent on Instagram collab sponsored post etc and then it's more of an authentic you can only get the advertisers that really align with you to advertise onto your website and you use it more as a blog and a forum. Yeah, I think that's a super good idea. So especially now that I have these followers, because I did, I guess I didn't really mention this, but when I first started, it was also a blog. It was me just kind of like almost like my little journal. And then when I started to grow, this was like definitely the time where like being a brand ambassador was like a big thing. Okay. This was like four or five years ago. I had all of these contributors on the blog actually. And it was so cool to have different people's stories up there, but it just got totally unmanageable for me because I was in school and juggling like 30 plus contributors. And I just got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. So yeah, I would love to revisit that actually. That's, you guys have totally inspired me to like go back to my roots. So I love that. (laughs) Something that we like to tackle here on the pod are assumptions. What were some assumptions that you had going into it? Maybe was the process harder? Was it harder to open up about this topic than you expected? Mm, Yeah, I think there's no matter how many followers I have, if I ever have to pop on the story or like talk about myself personally, like I have so much anxiety. Like I cannot I, I guess because my personal account, I don't even have 10,000 followers, right? So I, I'm not used to speaking to an audience of that size. And so that was something that was pretty scary for me. And I think that I really assumed that I would feel differently when I had the followers and I feel the exact same. So you know what I mean? Like it, nothing has changed on my mm-hmm. end of like, I don't feel like suddenly confident or like 
everything I put out is going to have a great response. I still post things and go, are people going to like this? You know what I mean? And I guess that's, yeah, that's my little piece of advice is like gaining followers doesn't suddenly give you like clarity or like um, confidence in a way that you might think, but it only gives you quote. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. And then you know, it's our favorite I, word on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, I also assumed that when the followers came, more collaborations would sort of fall into my lap. And like, it's really interesting how collaborations do fall into my lap, air quotes, on my personal account where I don't have that many followers. And like here where I have 100,000, I have to be honest, like the number one collaboration request I get is like random ginormous companies trying to sell like a sparkly pillow you know what I mean and they just like want me to post it in my feed for $50 and I'm like no so interesting it is very interesting and I see other accounts similar to me doing it and I'm like why why are you doing that you know how has the conversation sort of opened up with your community and just like society as a whole since you personally started having the open conversation about self-love? Because I know you mentioned when you started the account, that's when it started to become really popular in social media and a huge conversation. But I mean, I think that it's only grown more, you know, and I think that it's only a bigger topic of conversation now over the past five years and just relevant even in today's age. So I just want to speak on that maybe a bit. For sure. So back when I first started it and it was my personal account, I think even though a lot of people were talking about it and like a lot of people were being celebrated for talking about it behind the scenes, there was so much drama about being called out for not being a good enough advocate, you know, or like you, you didn't say this properly, like fix it, you know? And I think there was like no tolerance for like, not being good enough and you almost have to have this incredibly dramatic story to like be accepted in the mental health community because everybody was I don't mean this in like a, in like a I don't know bad way to like bad mouth any particular person but I think there were people who were like almost competing with each other to be the most mentally ill do you know what I mean it was like no I can speak to this better because I have these issues and I think now it's just really grown into Obviously, there's still shitty people in every sort of community, but now it's a lot more accepting of like everybody's issues are valid, I think. And I like to see that conversation a lot more. And obviously, it's not 100% the case, but I, I do think it has grown into like accepting people's issues and allowing them the space to express themselves, even if it's something really small to someone else. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on, apart from our uh, mild (laughs) technical difficulty issues I can apologize for. We hope you didn't deter you too much from starting your own podcast because I know we've (laughs) talked about it before. (laughs) It's so funny. I do do think I want to do it eventually, but yeah, it's definitely like more of a commitment than I think I imagined. So Mm -hmm. off to everyone who does it because it's not as easy as you think. It totally speaks to what we were talking about before of like, the audience just sees your final product and like they literally have no idea about our technology struggles that we've had. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, life, man. <laughs> Why don't you no, plug no. yourself? Where can people find you? Sure. So again, my personal account is Rach.dacosta and self-love supply is just at self-love supply. 
We do have a website. It's selflovesupply.com. And that's where you can buy the ebook. And we will be launching the next ebook, which is actually going to be all about improving your relationship with food. Because that was a topic oh, that, that was highly requested. Love that. Yes. So that's going to be released in the next few weeks. Date TBD. But I will let you know. Hopefully by the time the podcast comes out, I'll have a date. So you guys can say that. But yeah, I'm so excited about all these ebooks. So I hope you guys check them out. And we look forward to signing up for your newsletter soon. Oh, when yes. it comes out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you two better be my first sign up. Yes, 100%. let us know and we will sign up. Thank you so much for being on the pod. And as always, guys, you can find us at You Haven't Heard Podcast. And we will see you next Wednesday for a brand new episode. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.